2007. It was the Friday leading to the Canadian Grand Prix weekend. Ron Dennis was under pressure by the media and fans for allegedly issuing team orders in the previous race at Monaco, a race that Fernando Alonso won, but most thought Lewis Hamilton had a better pace and chance of winning. FIA stepped in, investigated, and found nothing wrong. Ron Dennis and McLaren were in the clear and 100% focused on the weekend's Grand Prix. It's not an easy decision, but uh, there was no set of circumstances that we're going to see the lead change. I mean, you can be five seconds off the pace and you know one's going to pass you in Monte Carlo. Can't help being surrounded by armchair experts, but I've spent my life going motor racing and I know what it takes to win Monaco, as does most of my own personnel. And the fact is that we are a racing team. We want to win both world championships. And to accuse McLaren of all teams, all teams, of favouring one driver over the other is just ridiculous. I think the FIA did, did, did us a favour, really, because, I mean, the fact is that we were, you know, we were, we were guilty in the eyes of, the, of, of, of most of the media. Guilty of what? And, I mean, you know, if they couldn't take the quite detailed explanation that I gave them after the race and, uh, and work it out for themselves, then they need to be informed by an impartial authority, and that's the FIA. Racing drama aside, rookie Lewis Hamilton was performing very well in the season so far, but still had not achieved a pole position or a race victory. His fellow rookies were not having the same luck. Reiki Kovalainen was struggling with his Renault, not being able to keep up with teammate Giancarlo Fisichella. During the qualifying, Kovalainen hits his car in the wall, destroying his back wing and requiring his mechanics to frantically work on the car. The mechanics were actually able to fix the car thanks to a red flag triggered by Reiki's car pieces in the middle of the track. Even with his mechanics' heroic efforts, Reiki qualified in 19. Another rookie, Anthony Davidson, was also not enjoying too much of a success in his Super Aguri Honda. The car was very limited, although teammate Takuma Sato was able to score points with it. Anthony qualified in 17. Rookie Adrian Sutil was in perhaps the worst car of the grid, the Spiker. Even though the livery looked cool, the performance didn't match the looks. Adrian finished Q1 in 21st. The last rookie in the class of 2007 was a young Pole by the name of Robert Kubica. He was enjoying relative success in his BMW Sauber, having scored points in the last three races, including a career-best fourth place in Spain. He put his BMW in 8th on the grid. On the veteran side, there was also plenty of disappointment. Alexander Vars qualified in 20th in his Williams Toyota, while his teammate Nico Rosberg finished Qualis in 7th. Rob Schumacher with Toyota qualified in 18th, being beat by teammate Jarno Trulli in 10th. And Dave Coulter with his Red Bull Going off the track many times during qualifying, got his car in 14th, while teammate Mark Webber achieved a great 6th position. At the top, Alonso finished Q1 in P1, while Lewis finished Q2 in P1. Q3 started with Kimi jumping Hamilton in the pit exit, which surprised him. Perhaps Kimi was looking for some clean air. Hamilton's first time lap was not great. He missed the last chicane and jeopardized his lap. 
Interesting to note is the fact that in 2007, cars were still allowed to refuel during races, and Q3 setup defined the settings for Sunday's race. With that said, as drivers came back to the pits after their first attempts, they did not go inside the garage. Instead, they just basically pitted, changed tires, refueled the tank, and went again for their final try. The Ferraris could not keep up with McLaren's pace, and they finished qualies in 5th with Felipe Massa and 4th with Kimi Raikkonen. The big surprise of the day was Nick Heidfeld and his BMW Sauber finishing in 3rd in an excellent flying lap. Hamilton did his pole lap in an absolute perfection. Avoiding his prior error at the last chicane, he put on a clinical showing and completed his lap in 1 minute 15.7 seconds. Alonso then proceeded to beat Hamilton, going purple in sectors 1 and 2. However, he went slightly wide in turn 10, caught marbles in his tires, and his third sector was 6 tenths of a second slower than Lewis, guaranteeing Lewis first of many pole position. Here's Lewis team radio. Well done, that's P1. You've done it. Well done, mate. Fernando P2. Heidfeld, then Raikkonen. Good job, guys. Great job. Okay, Lewis, look after the fuel, please. Look after the fuel. Great job. And here is a rather contentious press conference after qualifying. A few statistics for you. You're the first driver ever to score his maiden pole here in Montreal, Canada. And equally, McLaren's first pole came in the Canadian Grand Prix back in 1972. What a day. It's been a fantastic day and uh, already a fantastic weekend. Um, you know, the team have done a fantastic job. As you can tell, we have got the pace upon the rest. And, um, and it came down to this. You know, we had to put it out into the last, the last minute. And it's not easy, especially when you have a two-time world champion hunting you down. But, um, but I did it. I stayed strong today and uh, I owe it all to the team, but I'm really happy with it. Well, you've never been to this track before, never driven on it before Friday. You learnt it very quickly. Tell us how long it took you to learn it and tell us about that quick lap. Oh, well, it took, took a while to learn yesterday. It's, it's, um, even though it looks quite a simple circuit, it's um, actually quite demanding physically and uh, mentally and it's quite technical. So we, we worked very hard to get the car set up right. Yesterday was a, a good day. I stayed out the barrier. And, um, you know, which is always good. And then uh, I went home. I had time to think about yesterday's practice and what I can do today to improve. And, uh, and that final lap, you know, going to P3, we've improved the car. But for that final lap, the car was sweet. Had a, a very good gap. The tires were, were perfect. And, uh, and I really just had to pull it all out. And it, the most important thing was that it was consistent. Each sector was, you know, I know Fernando was quite quick at the beginning, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I didn't make a mistake and, and got it, got the time. So I'm, I'm just thrilled. <laughs> you knew you were quick on that lap, but that last corner is always very tempting. It is, you know, especially when you do a very, very neat lap and you know it's going to be quick, and you're coming up to that last corner at 210, whatever you're doing, and you think, shoot, just don't mess it up. And um, I came in there and I, I went quicker than I'd ever been. Um, I nearly brushed the wall on the exit, but you know, that's all a part of it. And uh, honestly, just I was. So chuffed when I came across the line and they told me I was, I was P1. Congratulations to you. Thank you. Fernando, you probably don't want to hear it, but you were purple. You were quickest for most of that lap, and it seemed to go away in the, in the last sector, maybe even the last corner. Yeah, well, it was in the hairpin in 10 10. I was running a little bit offline and uh, put uh, some marbles in the tire, and uh, I lost the grip there, and I lost three tenths in that corner. So the last chicken was not point anymore to, to risk, and uh, you know, I complete the lap. 
safe enough to, to bring the car home and uh, the first row will be enough, I, I think, uh, for today and, and tomorrow we have uh, another chance to try to win the race. Many people thought Ferrari would bounce back after Monte Carlo. Amazing to see the speed of the Vodafone McLaren Mercedes team here. Yeah, I think uh, we have been developing the car and uh, it was not only Monte Carlo that we know that is a special race. seems that uh, we can keep this momentum here as well in, in Canada. Why not in Indy? So, yeah, definitely the car has improved from, from the first two or three races. So now we are a much stronger team and uh, we, can, we can fight in any circuit now. Congratulations to you too. With the qualifying done, let's hear what Jamie, Jason and LK thought about the race. And if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Finding the Gap. This is going to be a special edition, uh, name to be determined. But on off weeks, we are going to pick a random race and just review it. And we are starting with Canada 2007. Lewis Hamilton's first pole and first race winning. So with that said, I know all of us watched both qualifying and race. So Jamie, why don't you give us a little bit of, you know, uh, your experience rewatching this race? Um, the sounds were phenomenal. That was the first thing I noticed immediately. Like it just true Formula One cars. Just some of the teams from back in the day, the drivers that you kind of forget about, um, just how good some of the drivers that aren't in modern days that are still going aren't as good as what they were back in the day. Alonso, um, Kubica was pretty good. Um, this race wasn't a great one for him, but he was pretty quick. It was just the nostalgia was off the chain, man. Like just just the noises and we talked on um, the pre-show, the um, just the fan, the crowd involvement and things like that, the noises they created were just something something you don't just don't get especially this season with um, COVID, but just it was just something. Even the telecast was totally different, like a, a young Martin Brundle. Um, That's right, yeah. <laughs> it's just weird to see. But you know, but you know, you know what's weird? Uh, listening to Anthony Davidson and Jason Button giving interviews yeah. as drivers, you know, yep. they sound so much like, a, like you know, broadcasters. You know, they yep. were a natural fit for the it role. Yeah. Perfect for it, yep. Yeah, yeah. Mark Webber yeah. looked good, which was weird. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, even some of the comments uh, during the, the interviews, you know, we saw uh, Button out of the race early and, and he gave way more information than you oh, yeah. ever get uh, yeah. today. Now, and, you know, he was he didn't didn't even get to compete in the race, but at least he, he kind of said what the problem was. You know, it, it never went into gear. Um, yeah, 110,000 fans. You actually can hear the crowd when they go around. You, you don't get that uh, today. And um one of the first things i noticed was the flexi wings you know in this particular week when mm -hmm. lewis hamilton brings it up on the red bulls you know here it was legal flexible wings at the front of the yep. cars i mean it, it looked ugly uh it looked horrible but it was just it stands out and yeah of course nineteen thousand rpm out of those engines and, so and the exhaust oh. the exhaust stacks yeah. go out uh, go out the sides I, yeah I on the side pods right yeah. Yeah. yeah it's it's not out the back like they are today um 
and then you see the both the McLarens and the BMWs with the, with the horns. I'm not even exactly sure what the horns were supposed to do, <laughs> but uh, you know this is pr- uh, around F duct uh, time, right? So uh, you know it's kind of dis- yeah. distraction before they put the duct there uh, on the front. But yeah, it was uh, great, uh, great to see those cars. But can, can we all agree that uh, we need to bring back refueling? Yep. It's so much fun. I mean, the strategy and everything around it's so nice, you know. Like, I wish they brought it back. I know I know it's cost and all, but it's so much fun. It, it, just... seemed, it seemed like a very good change initially because they had to figure out how to save enough fuel. Right. Right. So, so actually, it was it was interesting, but also it made for poor racing because it was just a lot of fuel savings, and the race was figured out, you know, twenty laps from the end. Um, mm. But nowadays, when everybody can make it to the end with enough fuel, it, it's not terrible. And you know, yeah, the whole safety thing of you know don't need to set uh, pit crew men on, on fire, but it, it'd be nice <laughs> to put it back in there for sure. Yeah, and they are saving so much money now. You know, like let's put some yeah. like let's put refueling back. I mean, uh, uh, that would be cool. But one thing that you mentioned, you mentioned a button, and I mentioned button. It was so nice. So it was first of all, right? Honda has that world livery. Remember? Yep. The one yep. that's about the ocean and all. The car sucked. It was awful. <laughs> yeah. But the the button Barrichello duo was a low key success, right? It was a low key nice uh, partnership. I think that was the second year of their partnership, and they would go on to you know like, endure the the Honda days, and then. When Braun came, they just like killed it, right? And it was very nice. So it's a low-key partnership that you know they they got along well. They were about the same age. They they, they were about the same you know level, even though Button won the, the championship. Now it's uh it was an interesting dynamic between the two of them. That was like a Rubens Barrichello was a name that as a kid growing up watching, I couldn't tell if it was Rubens was the team name because it's like Rubens Barrichello <laughs> or no, that's just his name. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It was one of those things that took me a couple of races to get used to, but that's another name that was synonymous with me growing up for Formula One. So this was like a throwback to where it all started for me, man. Like yep, yeah. those Vodafone McLarens, that white McLaren suit, Lewis Hamilton looking as young as he did, the baby-faced man who still looks like a baby face, but... You know, Jensen Button was someone who I loved going through. Mark Webber in Australia obviously was a, you know, you wanted to see him do well, even though he didn't always drive. I see, well. I see a trend, right? Uh, I, I, I was laughing, JB, because of, I saw Mark Webber fucking it up. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a different <laughs> trend, right? Yeah, Ricardo came and took over that. So I was like, yep. Different trend. <laughs> yep. But Ricardo's been a little bit more successful. He, yeah. He's won more races without having just a supercar, but, you know. Anyway. <laughs> And we got to see, you know, one of the last rides of uh, of Coulthard, and just yep, yeah. uh, and and actually, what's what's funny in the, in that uh, pre, you know, in the coverage on, on TV, it shows him he's in a tuxedo, you know, the, <laughs> the, he's, you know, the, the gentleman of uh, the group, um, but you know, what you see, all those cars, they pitch it into the corner, unlike they do today, right? That every yes. every single one, when you see when they turn into, uh, I think turn ten, it was. That you see, they they're just they're kicking the the rear into the corner, just letting it slide, and then they're catching it, you know. And this was the, um, the last year of legal traction control, so I think they could do that. And and also you see on the parade lap when they're um, cleaning and, and warming up the tires, how aggressively they're they're weaving back and mm. forth. 
um, you, you don't really get that today. And I think it's probably because of uh, traction control. The cars seem more robust, right? Like the oh, amount yeah. of, we're going to get to that, but the amount of times that Alonso went off, no, turns <laughs> and his car survived. I don't think yeah. that would happen nowadays. At least a front yeah. wing would be broken. Oh, no. Yeah. No, the, the car floor. would be like shaking, shaking all over the place. You know, it, it, it seems like the, the structure is more robust. And I, I, I touched a little bit uh, in the first part of the episode on the qualifying when uh, Heike Kovalainen banged his, his back into the wall. If it was nowadays, that, that, that suspension would be broken. Right? Yeah. No way. No way that Rips the suspension would, would survive. And, and I remember watching the qualifying the the broadcaster saying, "Oh yeah, the, the suspension might be broken." Then it was like, "Oh no, it's not. It's just like the the back wing." It's like, "Oh, nice." You know, this would not happen today. No, they definitely anyway, seemed like they were more more yeah. sustainable back then. Mazepin would have so, had a field day. He would have been oh, fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe, maybe. We, we get to race start right right out of the gate. Uh, so let's back up a little bit. Press conference after qualifying. I see a Lewis Hamilton, a rookie, right. Young driver, very confident, right? And you guys know my opinion about him. But <laughs> I need to say, he's your like, favorite. He's your favorite. That big. That was the, that was the Louis Hamilton that I liked it. You know, yeah, humble. You know, focused, not a douche. You know, but kudos to him. You know, like he he's like he was very confident next to a, a two-time world champion. He's like, the car is good. You now we're gonna do a good race tomorrow. Blah blah blah, and he executed. You know, and I thought I think that that race was the turning point for Alonso, not only for that that year, but for his career. Right, everything that that could go wrong went wrong for him that race, yeah. starting with the first turn. Right, yep. he tried to 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 attack Hamilton, he fucked it up. First of many times he went off the the, the turns. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think he was trying to launch his car into space. You know, because every time he, he missed a turn, <laughs> his car would like to fly. You know, but uh. I don't know. It's like I kept, he, I kept he, didn't, he didn't seem like him. Did not seem like him. I kept, you know? I kept the tally for you. So yes, uh, turn one, lap one. Uh, he pitches yep. it into the grass. He goes <laughs> off track again on lap fourteen. Then again on lap nineteen, and then again on lap fifty-five. Uh, so he drove Four times. A complete knucklehead the yep. whole race. If you had told me. Danny Kafiat was piloting that car. I would have <laughs> it was just horrible. And then he gets passed with three laps to go by Takuma yeah. Sato. Who, who's? I mean, he's not a bad driver, but he's you know just not on the same team. Hey, quick, and, quick, quick so, note here, right? Yeah. Super Aguri performing better than Honda. Yeah, right. They were yeah, performing yeah. better than Honda. Oh yeah. And Sato was scoring all the points for for, for Super Aguri. And they were like beloved in Japan, right? The, the small team, you know, like the the, the hustling, hustling mentality. So, like, kudos to him for passing Alonso. But yeah, it was an awful performance by Alonso. Yeah, a day yeah. a day when Alonso should have finished on the podium. He he oh, yeah. finished. Uh, I think he ended up seventh. I, I think seventh. Is that right? Seventh. Yep. I could get the results for you if you really wanted them. No, I haven't. Well, but what, what, what else? What else? Like, well, you I know, see that, that he he should have finished a place ahead of um, of Raikkonen 
and the implications now we know you know at the end of this year that it was only one point uh, that decided the championship and so mm -hmm. how important him you know falling back two places there at, at the end of the race uh, how that oh, yeah. 10 second penalty and all of these yeah. things add up when it was such a tight tight race for the championship uh, uh really mattered well not only that right remember the, the scoring point was different back then he was yeah. first to eighth yeah. 10, 10 points, 10 points to the winner. So uh, yeah. every point counted in that yeah. season. And he should have, like you said, he should have been battling Heidfeld for second or third. Like, yeah. But it's just that first and, corner, you just knew it wasn't going to be good. And Heidfeld was able to uh, hold him off very well. Yeah. And the thing that surprised me, I think even uh, Brando mentioned that during the race, Hamilton was almost 20, he was 20 seconds ahead of uh, Alonso before the first stop. So it, it, yeah. it's like watching Hamilton right now, right? Nothing yeah. changed. That's what I thought. That's exactly what <laughs> yeah. I thought. <laughs> he starts in first and he opens up like a huge gap and, you know, just goes on to win. He had uh, 1.5 seconds after a lap, like two and a half by the end of three. And then Heidfeld sort of managed it, but Alonso just was dropping every lap. He couldn't get the speed up to even come close to holding Hamilton there. Like No DRS. No DRS yeah, to, yeah. to help with. So it's uh, I mean, it's again different eras, but it was so fun to watch that. So that was the one thing I thought at the end of the first lap. I'm like one and a half seconds. He's already out of DRS zone, and then I'm like, there's no DRS. Okay, yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. And, and and Lewis earned that win. I mean, as yeah, know, oh, yeah. four times four, four safety cars. And just he was consistently the fastest car on the track, no matter what the conditions were. Um, so he, he absolutely earned that one. And, and, you know, and there was all this hype going into the race, how um, every race so far he had finished on the podium. Um, yeah. So here he breaks through with the pole, breaks through with the win. And even the pre-race coverage, they were saying, this is the beginning of a great career, you know, before the race, they're hyping it up. Uh, and, and I remember at the time kind of like, you know, is, he, is this guy really this good? And then, uh, yeah. Yeah. turns out he is. But, but, uh, there was Senna implications. As, like, as, yeah. son, as someone that did not watch the, the, the broadcast in English when I first watched, there's a heavy bias, right? It's 50, 50. Yeah, they could have yeah. said that and nothing happened. And they said that and, Lewis Hamilton became who he is, right? It's yeah. like 50-50 there. Yeah. But yes, he was clearly the favorite of all the British drivers there. He was clearly the favorite. I think Ron Dennis tried to keep impartial, but towards the season or as the season progressed, I think he did Alonso wrong. And I always think that. But kudos to Hamilton for keeping up on, uh, on his own, right? Like, that, that, that yeah. race was pure Hamilton, right? There, there's no contest. Yep. Yep. But before before we keep like sucking his dick here, I want to talk about another thing. Uh, Raikkonen versus Massa, right? Because at that point, Raikkonen was under pressure as well. Yeah. He was yeah. extremely underperforming. Massa had 33 points. Raikkonen had 23 points. So 10 points less than Massa. People were questioning if he was really the right candidate or driver for, for that seat. And Massa was just plugging along. Again, turning point, I think, for Raikkonen as well. That, yeah. that race, right? He, he finished, Massa was disqualified. Yeah. And there, and there were questions about his commitment to the sport. 
because remember, yep. I mean, it's it's uh, I think what two is it two years later when he goes goes and does WRC, right? I mean, so mm -hmm. um, there was questions about whether he How was invested. even interested in driving and, and uh, yeah, then he was so far behind and it just, it makes it so amazing how he has come back in the, in the second half of the, of the season. Yeah, I do have a, I'm going to save that for later. Let's talk about the race. I'm going to talk about something after, but uh, yeah, <laughs> Masta versus Raikkonen was interesting. Another teammate, teammate battle that I thought was interesting was um, uh, the, the Williams one. So it was uh, Rosberg was and no Rosberg was Toyota, right? No, no Rosberg was, was Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Words, words. Yeah, Rosberg did well in qualifying. That's right. Yeah, right. They were like, "Oh yeah, he's doing well." Blah blah blah. He's like the best. And then worse, just like finishing third on the race. Pure yeah. pure luck, right? Pure luck. Everyone but... crashed out. <laughs> yeah, but and penalties. It was, uh... and... Good for Vors, and he was towards the end of his career anyway, right? I think it was the best uh, result he had, at least on that season for sure. But I, th I think in the pre-race too, um, Rosberg said something. He said, um, "In Formula One, if you're good enough, you'll eventually get a shot. You know, yep. you'll, you'll eventually get what you deserve if you're if you're good enough." And and of course, you know, he we know that he goes on to um, to luck into the the best ride on the grid. Uh, it, mm -hmm. so yeah, but it, it also, uh, it, it seems to, to pan out, you know, for this, this group of people, you know, that the best, the, the cream did rise to the top for sure of, the, of this set of drivers. I mean, I'm looking at the, 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 the list of drivers that drove that, that year. I don't see any candidate of paid seat except with the, like one or two Japanese driver here that might be influence of Honda. I'm not saying they paid, mm. it might be influence yeah. of Honda, right? I don't see anyone that was paying to drive. So it was de definitely, uh, like Rosberg said, you, you had to earn to be there, right? It was an earn your spot. Yeah. So much they sucked all the time they were there that I didn't even remember there was a team called Toyota, right? Yeah. <laughs> I started watching qualifying. I was like, oh, yeah, Toyota. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and not only that, Williams also used Toyota engines, like the two yep. like fucked up teams, <laughs> you know? It's like it was such a failure. Like Toyota was such a disappointment. Do you do you do you have any expectation when they enjoy? Like I thought they would, it would be great. You know, Japanese know-how. You know, all of that. It was a Con full reliable engines. Like yeah, you expect better, but yeah, they were just terrible. Um. um I I think and and that was uh, I can't remember which which season was Ralph Schumacher with uh, with uh, the Toyota right that that was really that was the season yeah I think it was, that was yeah, his last season, season. The, this, that was his last season. this was yeah. the last the last yeah so he basically failed them out of uh, out of the sport pretty much <laughs> it was good to uh, see a healthy Mick Schumacher on the pit board but true but no I don't know if it was Toyota's uh, last season I, I do know it was Ralph's last season for okay. sure. I'm not sure if it was Toyota's uh, last one. I mean, but yeah, I mean, it was. It sucked. It's talking about running, running on uh, the family name. I mean, yep, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, all right, so one thing that we want to talk about is a very serious accident that happened, right? So, Jamie, you want to like play that? Yeah, just gonna share my screen for you boys. One hundred percent. So this was the incident in question. Montoya was penalized last year for that. There was, oh, that's a big accident. 
for uh, Kubica and a uh, horrible accident going on there. He's moving his hands and uh, obviously Safety Car will be out again. So he must have tangled with somebody in the braking area down there into, I think it's turn 10, into the uh, hairpin. Kubica then, a lot of energy going on in that impact. Horrible accident. Safety car deployed again, obviously. With that Renault in the pit lane. And oh yes, he's had an accident very early on. And that, that was at maximum velocity. That's, I've never seen a car crash like that uh, in this circuit at that place. And if he was Marty, he kept saying, oh, he's, he's, he's moving his hand. No, it's like it was probably a knee-jerk reaction. It wasn't him. He was probably out of it. You know, how many times did the car go around? Two or three? But to me, the scary part is, like, we joked about it, that with Alonso. Every time Alonso would miss a turn, the car would, like, just fly, right? And, and, and with Kubica, the same thing happened, right? As he lost his car, he went out of the track, he, he kind of launched. Right, so yeah. he totally lost control. And Scott Speed's car was right there in the middle of the grass on the trajectory of the car uh, of Kubica's car. It was a miracle he didn't hit that car. Right? And you think of today's standards of security, that would never have happened. Nah. Right? They, they they will wait until the car gets removed from the track to resume the race. So the the accident at, on its own is scary. Having that car parked uh, there on the grass, it's even worse. Mm -hmm. And one thing that pissed me off, and then I'll let you guys talk about it, is that that was 2007. I think Jules Bianchi's death was 2015, yeah. if I'm not wrong. Right. So eight years after, the, the same thing happened, but with a fatality. Right. Yeah. I don't remember whose car was. I think it was a, a, the, the tractor trailer pulling a car, right? It was on the grass, rain, they resumed the race. Bianchi lost uh, control and just crashed on it. Like that should not have happened. They had their lessons eight years ago, right? So that kind of pissed me off because I didn't remember how serious that 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 Kubica uh, crash was. But you know, like the safety lesson was there, and they didn't uh, choose to follow and learn from it. Yeah, I mean. I, I heard you while the video was playing that, you know, that Martin Brundle says, you know, he's moving his hands, he's moving his hands. I think you're right. I think he was out cold. His hands were just, you know, flopping around in, as the car moved in. There was no, because he didn't move after that. When the car stopped, there was no yeah. urgency to get out of the car. He just sat there. Like, the arms were involuntarily moving. So, but it was scary, man, when you see him, like, if he doesn't hit that wall, which rips that front tire off, he goes over to the other side of the track. And then it's another issue with cars coming the other way. Like, Yep. And yet that corner is still the exact same today. There's no net in between it. It's still the same sort of thing. So, <laughs> But, man, lucky he was able to walk away. I think he broke his leg or something like that. That was about he broke his leg. Yep. Yeah, which was huge, like, for what it was, man. Yeah. It's scary. It, it, it's, I mean, it's impressive that someone can survive that kind of accident. But then also, yeah, disappointing that, um, you know, this is, this is not that long ago. You know, we're just talking about, you know, uh, 15 years ago yeah, 14 15 years. years ago and um you know st you still had these you know silly mistakes of of not you know cleaning stuff off the track and then even even pit, the pit lane is still um pretty pretty dangerous when you see mm -hmm. the stops and, and qualifying yeah. and as well as uh, as here and um yeah kind of scary to think about that but uh, you know, thank goodness, uh, you know, safety's uh, in, improved and, you know, maybe uh, we'll get to a point when, when it's uh, 
when you know there's still danger, but you know there's there's not right life uh, very often. So yeah, yeah and it, I, it, it was I, scary to watch though. Scary. Yeah, I, I do think from a pure fan perspective, it kind of sucks that they stop for everything nowadays, right? But you, you look at, at an accident like that, and you see why. Yeah, they're doing that, and I'm like, I'm totally on the side of yes, let's be safe. And I think you also uh, appreciate more the Halo, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Now, if the Halo, I, I, obviously nothing happened to his head, but you can see the drivers back in that era, the heads were were, were way above the mm -hmm. cockpit. Yeah. Not very above, like 80s, right? But you can see like more than half <laughs> the helmet out of the car. So. But again, you know, like the Halos. Crazy. The halo is also to protect the debris that flies. Like you watch the replay right. of the cars coming through after it happens. Like all this shit flying everywhere. Like that hits you in the helmet could crack your visor. Depends what part it is. It could do some real damage. That's why the halo is there. And and a lot of people didn't like it when it came in. But man, it's it'll save a lot. A lot of injuries, I, possibly life. Like I think I don't know if it was Liuzzi or the other driver on a Toro Rosso. He had to literally uh, drive away from a tire that was coming his yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like super dangerous but uh, the, the, and there was just one more thing of the, yeah sure uh, kind of kind of uh, insulting i guess was um you know towards the end of the race they get an update of of someone you know it says okay you know kubis has been taken to the hospital and and then the, um I, I i'm not sure who it is but he says yeah when when uh, i spoke to him you know he spoke to me it seemed seemed normal uh there's there's no way you know you that, get that like no, yeah none of us believe that that he actually spoke to him and and you know said something said a coherent no, sentence no after, yeah. after that wreck I mean, well, he no also way. said there was no injury straight line. So. yeah well one thing that surprised me is that they didn't roll the car to its normal position to yank him out they no, left they the car how it was yeah yeah but they must it, have thought it was a, a spinal cord or a neck injury so they yeah, yeah fair, fair. To leave I mean, there until, until they could know for sure because um, because you run into that a lot with um, in stock car racing where when they're upside down they won't pull you out and you know until you can verify that you can you can move around yeah you have to move your hands and, it over yeah yeah, yeah. that's crazy I was starting to think that the the manager didn't actually speak to Kibitza after that yeah, a lot of the things he said that's didn't bullshit. seem true that's I had no injuries spoke fine he's good but did he say anything <laughs> about the crash no. <laughs> think okay you said in in your research so the um so who was the replacement um or what you know what what yeah. precipitated or what came after after yeah that? so this accident actually led into young sebastian vettel replacing who? kubica at indianapolis the the race after him yeah, yeah. he Never raced that yeah. he raced that race he did well kubica came back after but that triggered Toroso to rep so they were not happy with Scott speed right yeah and so they let Scott speed go they negotiated with BMW since Sebastian Vettel was like the third driver reserve driver they were able to negotiate something so uh Vettel started driving for Toro Rosso two or three races after Canada and that thanks to Kubica's accident so, so the other thing that, that's interesting, you said, you know, is, is third driver, because this is the last year that there's a third Friday driver allowed for the midfield. So from races yeah. 5th through 11th of the constructor's title, this is the last year you were allowed to have a third driver on Friday. So the top four would, 
um, they, they're no longer were allowed to have a third driver. Mm -hmm. So you, you had these guys in the wings who were getting, you know, experience on Friday, uh, and were able to, to step in, uh, in, in this case. And then, you know, after that, that year, um, they, they, uh, took that away. So it's just uh, interesting consequences, uh, you know, from, uh, from all of this. So. It is. And another tidbit, this was the first year of a single, uh, tire manufacturer supplier. Yeah. Up until that year, uh, up ah. until 2006, we had Bridgestone and who was the Michelin. other one? Michelin. Uh, yeah. Michelin. Yeah. And then, and then 2007, it became a, a single band, a single supplier, uh, manufacturer and Bridgestone was the, the manufacturer. So a lot of things happened in that season. It was kind of a turning point defining of a generation kind of season. Yeah. Uh, for yeah, the just next the, ones, the yeah. thickness of the tread on the tires was noticeable too. Like there's nothing yeah. like that now. Like, groove tires. Yeah. Groove, yeah. <laughs> I, I like the groove tires. People yeah, hate it, but I liked it. It makes you know? it look better. Like, yeah. like an actual tire, like a car, like, but, but, but you, they were super sensitive because that, that, that's what made uh, Alonso fuck his, uh, qualifying lap. He went a little wide on turn 10. He said, I got, I, I, I caught marbles on my tire and that completely screwed with performance of the tire. For the last sector so yeah. they, they are super yeah, sensitive they're super sensitive um what else is interesting on that race i think uh one thing that i i personally did not remember that had happened before but massa and physical being disqualified because they yep. they left the pits before the pits being open um and it's funny to see kubica right behind them like just like stopping and waiting you know because <laughs> the, the light was red uh, but yep. what really pissed me off, and it's the typical uh, South American reaction to things, right? It's never their fault. So towards the end of the race, uh, Maso was watching the race from the, the, the mm. Ferrari pit garage. And he was like, yeah, the thumbs down, thumbing down the camera. Yep. I was like, dude, it's your fault. It's, not, it's nobody yeah. else, right? People are following the rules. You know, own it up. You know, own it up. Yeah, Martin Barber uh, trying to say, I don't think it was meant to be read at that time because it went a long way where they didn't talk about it. Then all of a sudden, an investigation popped up and a lap later, they're DQ'd, which I thought was amazing. Just two really like good quality drivers. It's like, yeah, you're out of the race. Pit now, you're done. That's crazy. It's crazy. Uh, for, for me, the thing that stood out was um, there, there was a, an excellent radio communication from David Coulthard. Um, hey, you want to you wanna play it? Yeah, I can play it. Yep. Audio will play. Let's uh, let's let's play it. Audio will play. And... 20, 10 seconds ahead of Heidfeld. Heidfeld getting very near to where we're expecting him in the pit. That is the car. That is the car. Not Just what I was going to say. Apart from that, I just hang in there. The tires will clean up. Hang in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't hear it, but uh, I, I can I can read it. So, the, so the team <laughs> the team ask, um, "How's the car?" And then David says, uh, "No good. It doesn't turn. It doesn't stop. No traction. Apart from that, it's great. Having lots of fun. Just such a great. It, now imagine he's going." you know, 320 kilometers an hour. Yeah. And he's, you know, and he's thought of this and, you know, and, and telling them the, 
the, the car is just horrendous. It, it, it was just having fun. He was just having fun. I'm having fun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but so we'll leave links on, uh, for the YouTube. We'll leave links there so people can watch. And even if you if you're yeah. listening to the pod, if you want to see it, go go visit our YouTube page. Kind of a little of a shameless ad here. You know, go yep. see our YouTube page. See this video Someone's there, and we we'll have links for the for these uh, videos that we were talking about. But but the funny thing is the engineer come back to him and say, wait a few laps when the, the tires uh, warm up, you're going to see more performance. Yeah. So, you know, he was trying to, to take it lightly, but, you know, it's always always a tire. Now, regardless of era of Formula One, we're talking about tires are always the culprit. Always have an issue. <laughs> yeah. 15 years later, Lewis Hamilton says the same thing after half a race. <laughs> tires oh, are gone. No, my tires are bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I know. But I think I think awesome race from, from Heidfeld, right? He he just killed yep. it. Uh, it was like it was a miracle, but you know, he, he held into second uh versus another miracle in, in third. But you know, that that race from Hamilton, it was great. He yep. just consolidated himself as a, you know, a, a good driver. And I think it, in my mind, right, it came to Ron Dennis's head, like, hey, all the investment that I did finally paid off. I can yeah. get behind this guy right now. You know, I don't need the, the two-time world champion to keep yeah. McLaren, no, uh, McLaren's glory. But, yeah, I mean, it was great. It was his first of many wins, first of many polls. I'm glad we did that, you know, not yes. much because of Hamilton, but like it was great watching this this race in this season particularly. So I hope we do more of that. You know, I think yeah. uh, there's a great experience. There's a, a few off weeks uh, during the season. There's a lot of yep. off weeks when season is done. So we'll definitely uh, do more of that. If you guys like, please give us some feedback and give us, give us some yeah. race to, to go research. Yeah. There is one I want to do in the future to the Australia race where Alonso crashes and flips over and then lands upside down in the wall. I thought, I can't remember what year it was, but that was a really good one. But I just want to finish off the show with a couple of quotes. You alluded to it there, LK, but mm. from the commentators, can't remember his name. Um, one of them, as he won the race, was first of many, I'm sure, more to come. How, how correct he was there. And then in the post-race comments, he said, in a few years, LH will be untouchable. And effectively, he is. He is now yeah. just... Yeah class above like i mean the car has a lot to do with it but he is a very good driver once he got his head in he's just been untouchable so i don't know it was good trip down memory lane seeing one of my favorite drivers just dominate i, I do have a surprise right because we're, we're talking about 2007 season and we know the scoring system is different so i went and did all the races with all the drivers apply i applied the the current scoring season sorry scoring point any guesses who would, would win the, the championship with the new scoring point? Was it Lewis Hamilton? Because he's This thing is still Raikkonen. It's still Raikkonen. Oh, You're right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And with a larger margin, actually, it would oh, wow. be uh, eight points ahead of the second driver. Who do you think it is? Well, it was Lewis Hamilton. It was probably Alonso because I think Alonso had more wins, right? Yeah, so that would be extra points. I don't, I don't think Alonso had more wins, but he had okay. he was more um, consistent, consistent. consistent. Okay. 
So he has one point more than than Hamilton <laughs> on the on the nearest scoring system. So they fi- they actually finished with the same points, 109. Right? Yeah. I, I think Lewis actually had one more win. That's why uh, he Got was that. second. That makes sense. But on the new scoring system, Alonso had one extra point on top of Lewis. So Alonso would be um, second in that year. Did, did you did you take the fastest lap during the race in the top ten? <laughs> too much. Come on, man. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that's you asking too much. I'll do that next time, okay? Because we could also add the pit race, the uh, qualifying race that they're going to have, and putting the points in there. So, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, uh, and the fan vote, we can add the fan vote who we would have given the fan boost to. <laughs> oh, you know, I have a, I have a comment on that. So I'm I'm watching the qualifying and actually the race before they start. Right there, there is this this commercial break where they have a message. Oh, do you know which county Silverstone is? And there, there's three options. And they're like, send a message to one, two, three, four, five with that <laughs> one plus A, B, or C. So it was, it, it wasn't that old. It was 2007, but like SMS was still a big thing, right? Yeah, now they, it's all internet, right? It's like go, go yeah. on this side and vote. But like 15 years ago, it's like send an SMS with your options. Yeah. So, so teenage LK spent twenty five cents to send in. The, oh yeah. Uh, the SMS text. <laughs> no, but the, the, uh, fees fees may vary. Fees uh, depends <laughs> where you are. Yeah, yeah. Or, or the carrier. They say uh, it depends on your carrier. So it's, it's all mess. What a, uh, what an age we live in now. I know it's so easy, right? Oh, and yet- I want to give a, a quick shout out before we're done to uh, to my yep. boy uh, on spot Johnny. Uh, he he uh, joined. Uh, the Jason fan club. He's a uh, follower number eight. Uh, so nice. uh, he just needs to, to come up with two parody accounts so that way he can get me up to double digits. But uh, yeah, glad uh, he, he joined me. All right. Give us a review right. on the podcast, mate. Like, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Just five stars. Write a review. We'll read it out on the show. I mean, just to get one would be nice. Or just criticisms yeah. of Jamie and LK. Just send those straight to me. I mean, I'm top of the tips. Like... <laughs> I mean, you have the most, uh, the safest uh, takes out there, Jamie. That's yep. why you always get points. No. Hey, exactly. my hot take about Ricardo getting into Q2. That was fiery hot. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. I had fun. Thank you very much for doing that. that. Awesome. We hope to yeah. do that again. Uh, and we'll see you in a little bit with the review or preview of preview Monaco. Of Monaco. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Can't wait. Best race of the year. And it's back. All right. Have a good one. See you later, guys. Good one, guys. Thank you.